it's it's like you know applying to the U.S. is usually gambling. Um, and what do you mean by that? Gambling in the sense that luck plays a lot of role, although you may or may not. I mean, definitely you doing well in college and a lot of extracurriculars does play a huge role in what you're doing. I would say I know a lot of people um, that were in the same shoes as me that didn't go to co- like didn't get accepted to the colleges they wanted to get into, mm-hmm. and I guess I guess the way I see it, although it is like a lot of what you do in high school plays a huge huge role, there also is a luck element in it. Okay. Um, and I would say like I don't know ten percent of luck. <laughs> um, right. But yeah. Um, honestly, applying the more colleges you apply to, the likelier it is for you to get into college. So, this is my young African story, a podcast about inspiring young Africans and the stories behind the journeys they are on. On this episode. We sit down and talk to Yabzara from Ethiopia. We hear the story of how she made the most of her schooling and followed her brother's guidance to gain admission into one of the best universities in the world. So, um, for, for those who don't know, Ethiopia is in East Africa, mm-hmm. and it's in the I think what they call the Horn of, of Africa, yeah, right? Yeah, the eastest possible part of Africa. Of Africa? Yes. Uh, right next to what, Somalia and, and which other African countries? I guess Kenya and... Wow, I'm blacking out. Tanzania Eritrea. and Eritrea, yes. Right, right. Very cool. Well, so growing up in Ethiopia, where, where, did, you, where did you grow up exactly uh, in Ethiopia? I grew up in Addis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's a little away from the center, but it's pretty close by to the capital. So it's like in the capital, but a little farther away to the urban areas. Yeah. And I think for those who don't know as well, Addis is considered the capital of the African Union, right? Mm-hmm. What, what did your parents do for a living when you were, when you were growing up? Um, I remember my, my mother has been in like working at a bank for quite a while mm-hmm. and my dad has been in management for real estate management for a while as well. What, what do you remember your neighborhood being like? It's pretty quiet, not a mm-hmm. lot of children, um, especially after I got into high school. Um, right. But I had a bunch of, like it was very tight knit and people were really close, um, mm-hmm. so it was really nice. Um, but yeah, like I would say I've known those people for about seven years now. So it's, it's really, it's a really nice community. Right. Would you, would you say, given the description of like what your parents did for other thing, banking, real estate, would you say you were, I don't know, wealthy or middle-class in Ethiopia or were you struggling to get by? I'd say middle-class. Middle-class? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, any siblings? Yes, I have an older brother. And it's just the two of you? Yes, it's just the two of us. Uh, how, how older than you is your brother? He is five years older. Four and a half, but five years. Do you remember anything your parents either did or said to you or habits that have stayed consistent or true throughout your life? 
That's a very good question. Honestly, I mean, one thing that I've, I guess, held on to, I don't know if it's something they said, but mostly it's, like, my dad has always been, like, he has always wanted me to be an independent woman as I grew up. Um, right. He was more, like, I guess, ac- academically, he felt more, um, I don't know what to call it, but tight. he was tighter on me in terms of, like, hey, you need to be, you know, an independent woman. I never want to see you dependent on a man and all of those things I feel like I grew up being thinking of becoming like how to become an independent woman and that was very impactful and my mom's always also been the same way and I feel like it was just the way I was raised it was like it has definitely impacted the way I was raised at any point does that also mean not being dependent on your brother in in some way (laughs) when you're younger um I would say more of following in his footsteps, mm-hmm. like as just like a mentor. Right. Um, and it also, yeah, honestly, I I was fairly dependent on him. Um, right. After he left, obviously, I couldn't, <laughs> but not as dependent as um, I used to be. But um, right. yeah. But it sounds like you're saying dependent in the way where you understand the path to get to some of the things your brother did, but then independently executing on it Yes. to achieve your own goals. Yeah, also more on in terms of in the future as like, just make sure you're successful enough not to depend on mm. someone. Right. Uh, anyone for that matter. Right. Where, where did you go to, to primary school and um, do you remember what that was like? I went to um, a school called Southwest. Okay. Um, it was a nice school. I, I feel like that was where I developed my English skills, like speaking um, mm. skills. Um, and it was a really nice school. I, I still, I honestly, amazingly still know some friends from there. So it's really nice. It's just, it was a nice community. It was a nice school. If you, you mentioned um, sort of, starting to to master language at least especially english as well at the time what what language did you speak at home in in ethiopia amharic mostly amharic mostly is there any other other than amharic i mean there's a tribal language um of our tribe but i mean our parents use it extensively in the household but i can't say i speak it as well as amharic or english (laughs) How do you say hello in Amharic? That's probably one of the things I want to learn from each guest who comes to this. Oh. To this, so. <laughs> uh, we just norm casually. It's salam. Salam. Yes, you can okay. just say salam. Just casually, just say hi. Oh, thank you, salam. Welcome <laughs> salam. again. So going going back to that like primary school experience, do you, do you remember being fond of any any teacher? What was your favorite teacher then? In primary school. Yeah. That's a very good question. <laughs> um, I do remember one teacher. Uh, he was my English communication teacher. I don't know why I remembered him particularly, but he was a really, I would say he's, he was very, um, he was a good teacher, but also harsh on his students. Okay. But he also made sure we took something when we went home. Um, something as in homework? Just generally knowledge, just like an understanding about something. Um, and I really appreciated that because most of the time it's just like a teacher just goes in, looks at the book and tells you, hey, do this. And then sits down. This, I mean, I, like, I kind of remember the passion he had for teaching and it was really nice. And then I remember he heard that I went to Harvard and reached out and that was really nice. Right. That was it. That was like the last time I ever talked. Right. I never like seen the person, him in person. So. Yeah. 
if you were to meet that teacher today, is, is there anything you'd like them to know or anything you'd tell them? What, what would you say? Um, I just honestly, I just say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, yeah, honestly, I just thank the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you start to think about high school? Did you have any specific preparations you had to make for high school? So in some countries, I'm from Zimbabwe and some of the schools that you might not get into, especially with mission schools in Zimbabwe, you'd have to take um, an entrance exam mm-hmm. or take a national exam that you have to pass and then based on that national exam, you can get into specific high schools. Did you have to do anything of that sort back in Ethiopia? Yes. So there was an, so there's assessments in 8th grade, 10th grade and 12th grade. Okay. So, yeah. So Is 8th grade the end of primary school? Middle school-ish. Okay. I would say. And then high school would be 9 to 12. I see. So you both have primary school and middle school in Ethiopia yes. as separate schools? Yes. I did not So know that. my primary school was until I was like a sixth grader. And right. middle school was until I was... I'd say my primary school would be like until fourth grade, I guess. And then, okay. yeah. yeah. Did you have to take any type of test between primary school and middle school? Um, only to get into the my next school. Right. Um, I took an exam and like just an assessment exam to go into the school to get accepted into the school okay but that was it until eighth grade right and what what happens at eighth grade in, in Ethiopia it's it's a national exam mm-hmm. um, it's what is more, it called uh, ministry interesting <laughs> so I took that exam um, but yeah it's just it's science English math Amharic. Um, what else is there? I think it's just like six or seven subjects. I'm not right. quite sure. It's a handful that you take. Yes, it's a okay. lot. Um, it was a lot. Do they grade you nationally? Do you get a national number? Like, yep, Sarah, you were number one or number five from the country or something like that? Um, I'm pretty sure they they would, but it's just, it's a percentile based. Okay. Uh, it's percentile based, so like there wasn't that much of like, oh, like who was... Because a lot of people would get like above 95. So not, not a lot, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there, like, there'd be a lot of people in that, um, I guess, bar, but right. above the bar. So, right. yeah. So it was somewhat of a, if it's a percentage, it's somewhat of a competition, right? It's like the better you are For sure. than someone else, the higher, highly more ranked you are. Yeah, I would agree. So you got into your high school based on your percentile score? Is that how that worked? Uh, my high school. I mean, no, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Because I, I was already in that school. Okay. So I got into my new school at 7th grade. Mm-hmm. And then 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I was oh, so you just school. stayed through. Yeah. I see. So even though you had a national exam, the national exam didn't change which high school you'd go to from middle school to high school. Yeah. I see. I see. Interesting. Yeah, that's quite different, at least from my experience in, in Zimbabwe. I sort of had to fight to get into the high school I wanted oh, to get wow. into. Oh, wow. That's even more tougher than... <laughs> yeah. Right. So, where did you go to secondary school then? And I guess it's also... Do you call it secondary school, high school in Ethiopia? Yeah. So, secondary would be, I guess, from maybe 7 to 12. Mm-hmm. And high school would be like 9 to 12. I see. But high school is after your 8th grade national exam. Yeah. What did you call that school? What is the name of that school? Um, Don Bosco. Don Bosco? Yes, it was Don Bosco Catholic. How would you school. spell that? D-O-M-B-O-S-K-O? Close. 
D-O-N-B-O. Oh, yes. Don Bosco. Yes. Interesting. Is this, is this a popular school in Ethiopia, a well-known school? Um, I'd say yes, but not as popular as the other Catholic schools, um, but it is pretty well-known. Are Catholic schools um, well-known in Ethiopia for, for academics? In Zimbabwe, I would say they are. Most people who um, go to some of the most competitive schools in Zimbabwe, um, especially affordable competitive schools, tend to be Catholic schools, Catholic mission schools. Is that, is that what your school was? Yes. So, I mean, not as... So, there's a bunch of really well-known Catholic schools um, and at this, I'd say three off the top of my head. Don Bosco is not one of them, but <laughs> it is, it, you know, it, it's around that stage. Um, yeah. yeah. How affordable would you say Don Bosco was? Would, in your opinion, would the average uh, Ethiopian family be able to send their child to attend? Or, oh, no. I would say yes. It was pretty affordable and they also had um, aid. Mm -hmm. for students who cannot afford it, which I really admired, honestly. Right. Um, but yeah, Financial aid, you mean? Yes. Right. I would say it's it was pretty affordable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What activities did you do at school? Like, outside of the classroom, what, what did you do at Don Bosco? Um, so, okay. Um, I was, off the top of my head, I remember I was um, the president for the student council. Mm -hmm. um, I was the council member for a year in ninth grade or something and then the president for 10th grade um and i was involved in a charity club as well right. um and what else uh health club i was the founder um and yeah um co-president i would say um for the health club what else did i do um so I had a little TTP club, thing. like I know you know, like for people who don't know about TTP, it's like a, I guess an organization that helps students from Ethiopia apply to college in the US. And I essentially did a branch of TTP in my school right. to just help um, students um, with um, applying to college. And in terms of just fun extracurriculars, I would say just basketball um, right. and just music. Right. But yeah, that's like what I remember that I did significantly though. That's good. Yeah. That's quite a list. Um, so it, it sounds like you did quite a few activities and you're very involved in high school from the list you've given so far and we're definitely going to go into it. Uh, but right off the top of my head, I'm curious, did you go into high school with a clear idea of what it, you wanted to achieve? Or do you feel like your attitude was like, hey, I'm going to high school and I'm going to figure it out as I go? I would say it was, I'm going to figure it out as I go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I never actually like planned uh, to participate in all of this. But it was just, I don't know, honestly. I guess I started getting interested in each of them. And then as I got interested, I'm like, okay, what can I do to like work on it? Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it was planned. Right. Yeah. Right. What, what got you involved in the charity club, the health club, and all the clubs you, you were part of? Um, I guess my involvement in the charity club started after I started volunteering outside of um, my school at this um, organization. Um, and essentially they wanted to fundraise a lot for the kids and I knew, like I didn't know that I would be like 
you know, I would love the job of fundraising for kids. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could also do it at my school as well. Hmm. Um, so I just decided to join and just, we did a lot of fundraising events and um, holidays. We just threw some, you know, just sold some donuts and stuff like that to just raise, um, to fundraise. But it was really, I would say it was a really nice experience. But I started, originally started um, after I started volunteering at this organization. Right. Like in your free time, you're volunteering with the organization outside of school. Yes. And then ended up bringing that in into yes. school. So that was my summer of ninth or 10th grade. I don't right. remember correctly. Um, yeah. Was it your decision to bring that charity work into the school or that was already happening and um, you are just blending the two? Um, charity club was definitely already there. Right. Just a bunch of like brainstorming on how we could potentially like increase our income in the, for, for the charity club, for yeah donations and stuff like that. Right. But in terms of what tra- the charity club was already built when I went in. Right. What What did you do in the health club? Um, it's it was more. I would say we just hosted a lot of events. Um, where I don't know awareness creation in terms of all of these diseases. Like a lot of people back home don't. I don't know, it's so depression and all of the mental illnesses aren't necessarily mm. considered mental illnesses. It's, I guess, like awareness creation and just it was a really um, fun time because um, it was a team of passionate people that wanted to go into medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that was really, um, it, it made it made our work very sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was. We just, yeah, we had a bunch of, like, talks, speech um, from, like, people um, or doctors or something like that. We just, yeah, I would say we had a lot going on, <laughs> now that I think about it. But it was it was really fun um, to be in that club, but yeah. At the time where you, you, you mentioned the club had a lot of people who were planning to be doctors or go into medicine, yes. or were you planning to go into, into healthcare at the time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly <laughs> at least back then yes right. um just generally yeah i was really interested in medicine as well so i was like okay why not work on it um yeah it sounds like you're pretty involved from health club charity club basketball and everything <laughs> else what was your favorite of all of those uh experiences um i would say throughout i learned a lot um about leadership when I was a president, um, we had some conflicts going on in the school and it was really interesting to like, you know, see how the administration would handle it and how we could contribute to like conflict resolution and stuff like that. Um, and in terms of the health club, I guess I learned that, I don't know, I could potentially just, if I'm interested in something, I can just start with the smallest thing and then like, you know, work on developing developing on that um but yeah but did that did that answer your question no it did it did <laughs> it sounded like the one thing that's common among all of these is some of the leadership experiences you had mm-hmm. and the learnings around how to bring people together and the line and the line people especially your experiences as president i believe you call it class president or school president yeah yeah president of the student council would mean president of the representatives 
Okay. Which also means president as well. What did you mean when you said there was some like politics around um, being president at the time? Um, it wasn't necessarily centered towards us students, but it affected us. There was this conflict um, among teachers that I remember. Um, they there, essentially it was a boycott for like not getting paid enough, and all of our teachers just left (laughs) and uh, we were just going to school and there were no teachers going in and it was just a tough like two weeks three weeks i would say until that problem was resolved right and um yeah so we just worked on making i don't know i just like I, i guess like just trying to close the gap of like oh we have no teachers but until then can we get like at least part-time workers to just teach in the classroom and just um we had a bunch of meetings like meetings ran like three hours four hours sometimes with people just student council meetings student council administrator administration like the president of the school and stuff like that so president as in like the actual like right. administration president. right right and then the like those teachers like it was just like a lot of back and forth between like us appealing towards the teachers and so effectively this is you as a 16 17 year old yes pulling together all your classmates and saying hey teachers we know you're on strike but can you meet us halfway and make sure we're still getting an education the team was i would say yes but Mm -hmm. our team was also very strong Um, okay and there was i would say in my school one unique thing you will notice would be like there is a tight bond between teachers and students it's not like Although there is that hierarchy in the classroom and outside, they're like they really are friendly towards us, and right. it wasn't that hard for us to just go up to them and be like, "Hey, can you please just come to the middle ground for us?" Um, yeah. This is astonishing. I, at least, just like we haven't talked at all about what you did in the classroom at 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 the school, and it's pretty astonishing how much you achieved outside the classroom across all these clubs and your. Your leadership positions uh, and it's not that it, it, it all came from a place of interest too not that like you were just like <laughs> chasing positions yeah um it, yeah i really loved every position i was in in high school honestly um because yeah how much of that you think came from i don't know some of what your dad said about independence yeah i mean like yeah I, I always wanted to practice there's always parts of your personality that you could always develop on and high school would be the best place to experiment because everyone else is like you know you're taking a lot of risks but right. yeah i um i would say i was you know practicing leadership and you know a lot comes up when you're in these positions you're like i need to be able to understand the people i'm serving and empathy and all of that you know it's it's just yeah I would say I would I did learn a lot and if I wasn't raised that way I would have been I would have in no way been interested in like pursuing any of those so Mm -hmm. yeah was this a boarding school or would you go home every day uh, as a day scholar I would go home every day right yeah but I mean switching over to the classroom how many how many subjects did you take over this time what was your favorite that's a very good question. Um, so I took around eleven or ten classes. Mm-hmm. That's a tip, that's a very like that's normal for everyone. Everybody takes around that many classes. Right. Um, it's across like a, a different regular fields or. So it's natural sciences and social sciences. 
Um, natural sciences is like history, um, geography, economics, and all of that. And for just natural sciences, like physics, chemistry, biology, ma- like math, and all of that. Right. Um, and yeah, I was in the natural sciences, so yeah, I took those classes up from like, I'd say seven up to like 12th grade. Right. Yeah. What was your favorite? Uh, so up to, I would say up to like ninth grade, I really liked physics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nine to 11, I've seen math. Okay. <laughs> and then, I don't know, it's, it was somewhere between physics, math, and then biology. Right. Yeah. I mean, all very science right? All very difficult yes. subjects. I never, unfortunately, they don't give you the chance to explore, like, the social science classes if you're in the natural sciences stream. I see. Um, and I, either way, I, I probably wouldn't have been interested, but, you know, it would have been nice to try out, like, econ or history. Um, right. We did, although, like, we did do history from 7 to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, that's a lie. From 9 to 10. 9 and 10. Right. Um, so I did know a little bit about what history was, but I never actually had to go through the detailed or like advanced historical, whatever they teach. <laughs> Interesting. So it sounds like what you're saying is, and I think this happens as well with too, when you get a set up point in high school, you have to pick, or maybe you're chosen into specific tracks, like a natural science track or social science track. And it sounds like um, you got to focus in the in the natural sciences at some point in high school as yeah. well. Yeah. As you look at your experience in the classroom when you were in high school and your experience outside the classroom, looking back, which one do you think was the most impactful? Outside and inside? Yes. Um, I would say both, but mm-hmm. definitely outside in terms of working on myself and inside just working on my academics right but i don't think it's there's one would not be there without the other okay um i'd say they're mostly complementary so both of them were very uh, influential i'd say At, at what point in high school did you start thinking about your life after high school when you start thinking about university or work or what would happen after high school um i guess uh i'd say after covid hit that was when i was like oh so what's gonna happen <laughs> okay what grade were you in covid hit uh, um 11th 11th grade yeah so you, you still had 11th grade and 12th grade to finish and was that was the first time you first seriously thought about your I, life after high school seriously yes like okay. actually like sit down and like hey what's gonna happen but okay. then before that uh, it always it was always in the back of my head because my brother is also in the U.S. and I was like, hey, maybe. How old were you when your brother went to the U.S. for college? Mm, I would say five, thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So at a very young age, I mean, as you're getting into high school, you at least had an example of someone you had seen uh, get, get into university in the United States and, and and travel to do that. For sure, that was yeah. Did that have any impact on what you did in high school? Honestly, not exactly what I did in high school. I never actually put my mind into, oh my God, this will look so good in my resume. But I like I would say the volunteering thing. So I guess I got the permission to volunteer for my parents because my brother had 
the experience of like volunteering. Right. But if he had not volunteered, they'd be like, why? You right. know? So that was definitely helpful in terms of like getting their attention and acceptance into like whatever um like I'm trying to do in high school. Mm-hmm. Um but in terms of what exactly I was doing, I don't think it had that much impact. Okay. Um but afterwards writing it down, I was like, okay, that was a good decision. <laughs> um but not really like I did I never actually like um thought of um yeah. Oh, so I think so. What you're saying is you didn't necessarily do well in school or join all these clubs because of university, but you were happy that you had done them by the time you were thinking about university. So I will say that doing well in school, I knew that definitely that needed to happen wherever, whatever I was trying to do. Like I needed to do well in school, right? Because whether it's in the U.S. or whether it's in the country like if you want to go into a good university you need to know how to do well in your classes right so i definitely kept that in mind as i was going through so that was definitely in the back of my head when in my academics but extracurriculars i don't know maybe i don't remember exactly what (laughs) but like i'm pretty sure there were some things that i hear from my brother or you know people that have been to the u.s or his friends maybe or something like that that is definitely stuck in my head and be like oh maybe if i do this this will definitely be beneficial um but i would say like knowing that i could come to the u.s specifically was definitely like you know a motivation i guess right um to work harder maybe right. um but yeah because you see your brother you knew it was possible yeah yeah, yeah. Because if he can do it, you can do more than him. Uh, if he can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> but not, not necessarily more, but yeah. Right, right. No, that totally makes sense. And I think it's it's also part of like why we're having this conversation, right? People are going to be listening to you and say, oh, if Yab can do it, then I should be able to do the hard work that she also did. Exactly. I should also be able to explore my interests just like she did when she was president of like the student council. And, and hopefully have um, similar outcomes to the outcomes you had. Exactly. So, I mean, getting back to your story. So you're in 11th grade. This is, COVID happens in 2020. This is the first time you're seriously thinking about what am I going to do after high school? What did you do? I would say that was when I started talking to my brother about, hey, like, where do I start? And he was like, okay, just try working on your readings or your writings or um, just essentially just this types of like I guess in terms of applications to colleges like your essays need to be really well written mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I would say back then I did write but I wouldn't say I didn't have essentially have the skill of like descriptive writing okay although I could tell you something I wouldn't have you imagine it right so I, I knew that I needed to work on that um, right. so I did read a lot of books back then and I did have the time for it thankfully okay um and I joined CTP as well what does um, CTP stand for and what's CTP um CTP is an organization helps like students from Ethiopia apply to college mm-hmm. um it stands for counseling and test prep Ethiopia CTP okay. Ethiopia do they help students apply anywhere in the world or specifically the United States um, we work specifically on in the United States. I am currently also in the board, a board member in CTP as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we wish to expand 
to mm-hmm. the rest of the world, but currently our main emphasis is on U.S. applications. Okay. But we do have team members who individually help people that want to apply to other um, right. countries as well. Right. So just to recap, it sounds like um, the first thing your brother told you to do was you're doing these natural sciences in school. That's great. It's great that you're really good in school. It's great that you're doing all these um, extracurricular activities. But U.S. university or college applications are based on writing and essays. And what he was telling you to do is get better at reading and writing well. Because if you're going to describe every amazing thing you had done... It sounded like you were saying you'd need to, to be able to write well about all those experiences mm-hmm. and communicate them yes. to, to other people. Yes, essentially. I also remembered a little bit about, like, you know, he. I remember when he was applying, he was doing a lot of writings and a lot of prep for the SATs and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, right. I probably, it's about time to do that too. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I would say yes. Okay, so a lot of reading and writing initially you also turned to resources other than just your brother. So I think that's what you did with uh, CTP, you call it. Um, And I think there are versions of something like this in at least most African countries. I have friends, so like it could be the U.S. Embassy, for example, that has programs Mm -hmm. um, or programs of of that nature. So those are some of the two main things you did. You mentioned SATs. What What are SATs and what did you do about them? So right when COVID hit, SATs were optional. Okay, um, what are what are SATs for those that don't know? Okay, so they're standardized exams that you take to, um, I guess, most colleges in the U.S. require you take the SAT because they believe that it would level up that bump between, like, the difference between, like, U.S. students or people from other countries. So it, I guess it was a standard of, like, making sure that you know what you're supposed to know when you come to college. Right. Um, although I would argue otherwise. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what the SATs are. So the first SAT is SAT 1 and SAT 2. So the SAT 1 is just like English and math. Um, mm-hmm. The English consists of like, I would say four sections. Mm-hmm. Reading, writing, critical, blah, 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 and all of that. <laughs> and then SAT 2 is like subject tests, essentially. English, oh, sorry, physics, chemistry, literature, whatever you choose. There's a bunch of lists that you could choose from. Right. So when COVID hit, SATs weren't a requirement anymore. So I never concentrated quite well on just the SATs. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. So does that mean you you ended up not actually doing SATs? I no no no. I definitely did the SATs. I mm-hmm. just didn't submit them. Oh really? I didn't feel yeah. I didn't feel the need to submit it. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like a good time to review that you did get into Harvard, right? <laughs> the best university in the world, um, even without your SATs, which probably says a lot about the rest of the body of work you'd done at that point was enough. Yeah to prove that you're capable to do well. I would say so, yes. Awesome. Awesome. So the main thing things sounds like you did a lot of reading and writing, uh, engaging with CTP. You did not do SATs, but you definitely already had a good history of good academic performance. Were you always in the top of your class when you were in high school or close to, the, to there? Yes, pretty yes. much. <laughs> pretty much. Would you still say for most 
people that you'd recommend people taking SATs if they're inter- interested in the, in the U.S. for university? Yeah, uh, honestly, it's a good experience. The SATs, you never know. I mean, in 2020, I guess 2027, class of 2027, I don't think it was a requirement. 2028, 2029, it may be a requirement mm-hmm. and the years after that. Um, so I would definitely say take it and see um, what it is like. And in case you it may come to, you know, I mean, you may come to need it, then you might use it then. But yeah, I would say definitely take it and if you feel like it's not what you're capable of doing then don't submit it mm-hmm. um, and if you feel like it's it's a good um, representation of your capabilities then definitely submit it what was the application process actually like so we've talked about the preparation you did but what was the process itself actually like how many schools did you apply to did you have to mail the application do it online what is what was that like so the application process consists of a lot of steps that you need to, you know, be aware of. Um, I specifically applied to, I think, six colleges, which was a bad idea. Why? <laughs> bad? Actually, too many or too few? Too few. It's, it's like, you know, applying to the U.S. is usually gambling. Um, and what do you mean by that? Gambling in the sense that luck plays a lot of role, although you may or may not I mean, definitely you doing well in college and a lot of extracurriculars does play a huge role in what you're doing. I would say I know a lot of people um, that were in the same shoes as me that didn't go to co- like didn't get accepted to the colleges they wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess the way I see it, although it is like a lot of what you do in high school plays a huge huge role, there also is a luck element in it. Okay. Um, and the, I would say like, I don't know, 10% of luck. Um, right. But yeah, um, honestly, applying the more colleges you apply to, the likelier it is for you to get into college. So, yeah. Did you do all your applications online? Did you get any help from anyone outside of CTP? Um, not outside of CTP, except mm-hmm. my brother, of course. He was there to like, you know, oversee all of my applications and essays and all of that. But... CTP was, I had a very awesome mentor that was just helping me throughout the application process and yeah. Yeah. Um, part of CTP is do you get assigned to a mentor from college who, who goes to college here? Um, and it's really nice because they've also been through um, the college application and been mentors for quite a while so they know what's going on usually. Um, so yeah. I would say I did receive help from a mentor and my brother as well. Right. Yeah. Because right. it's it's that thing of like, it's not something that you study so well for and you do well. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, you need to know how things work for right. you to be able to do it well. Right. So part of knowing, like to know, the best way to know how things work is, although you, do, you will find things on Google and all of that, Mm-hmm. It won't exactly tell you specifically what it is like to apply as an Ethiopian from to college in the U.S. as an Ethiopian. Right. You'd get that from like whatever I, I don't know whatever resources you find. It doesn't necessarily have to be CTP, but like talking to people that have gone to the like to a college in the U.S. is definitely very helpful right. in terms of actually understanding the process of applying to college. Interesting. I mean, it's part of why we have this show, right? To start to sort of democratize access to this type of exactly. information. 
if you were talking to someone who is, let's say, in 11th grade in Ethiopia right now, mm-hmm. what and is trying to and is thinking about applying to the UAS as an Ethiopian applicant, what's the one most important thing you think they should keep in mind? Um, I would definitely say I, this is a very typical, like everyone would say this, but I would emphasize it that starting early is very important. Okay. Um, because if you start early, there will be less room for you to make very dumb mistakes on your application. Like, okay. I guess, dumb like what? Like I don't know. I maybe you you're not describing your extracurriculars very well because your your deadline's like two minutes away. You're trying to just get away with anything, mm-hmm. and all of that. Like things that you could definitely make better. You don't. You end up not doing because you're just tight with schedules. Right. Um, and just just talk to people. Right. Um, I have a lot of people reaching out to me about college, and I really admire that because if you don't do that, you don't necessarily know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And although you will find a lot on the internet, like there's not so many people posting about their experience, so many African students like posting about their experience in applying to college. Right. And reaching out is, I would say, the fundamental part of applications. Just send it to people, send your essays to people, and tell them, hey, what do you think about this? Right. Because right. you're going to get a lot of like feedback from people that have um, seen a lot of essays before. And different feedback means you're perfecting whatever you're doing a lot more. So, yeah. Right. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Well, so, of course. I mean, you, that advice got you into Harvard. <laughs> what was it like when you got the acceptance letter or you found out that you got in? Do you remember that day? Yes. It was so for, for us like back home it was i would say around 3 a.m 4 a.m ish and i was up all night yeah i cannot sleep for the life of me so i was up with my brother and a bunch of friends um that were also waiting for decisions um yeah i don't think i slept for like a good 36 hours um for some reason but my brother was on a zoom call with me um, my parents were asleep, and I told them I would sleep, but I did not. Right. Um, but we opened the application, I was like, oh! And I, yeah, I, I was really happy, and I ran to their room, and yeah, they were really happy as well. Nobody slept after that, we were just like <laughs> sitting down, talking, um, on a Zoom call with my brother. But yeah, definitely, yeah, I definitely remember that moment, honestly. Right. What did your brother think? Um, I mean, you'd say you went to the better school than the one than the one <laughs> your brother got into, right? I wouldn't say so, honestly. They're definitely on the same level, and I wouldn't think that way because what really matters is like I don't know. You're doing the best wherever you are, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, he was yeah he was there the whole way and. I say it's my degree will be more his than mine, honestly. But yeah, right. yeah. What do you mean by that? He was just really helpful in terms of you know the whole application process and um, logistics here as well and everything, honestly. But yeah. Right. Thanks to Big Brother. Thanks to Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do do you remember what your first day was like um, arriving on campus at Harvard? Um, I do. My brother was also there that day, and yeah. my now best friend was also there. <laughs> um, it was really nice. It was really hot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was very hot, actually. I did, like it was really humid because it was around the summer. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a really nice feeling to just go into this new environment that you're just gonna call home for like the next four years, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was nice. Right. And for the audience, you're like in year two now, right? What they call sophomore year in mm-hmm. the United States. So just under halfway through, what are, what are you studying uh, and, and why? So I declared around two months ago that I'd study computer science and neuroscience. Okay. Um, and what was the other question again? Why, why, are, you, why are you studying what oh, you're studying? Oh, why am I? That's a very good question. Honestly. That's um, why I'm the host. Right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> But I honestly, I guess, I've like I said, I've been interested in, I don't know, bio, biology or, you know, medicine, neuroscience, and I'm more interested now. I realize that I'm more interested in how the brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I declared a joint, which means essentially just working on, you take all classes for both classes, but you also work on... An intersection between those two and write a thesis on it right so a little more work than a double concentration mm-hmm. um, but yeah I just yeah honestly I, I would want to know in a computational way how to understand just like how the brain works and a lot of people haven't figured out like it's the brain hasn't been figured out yet and it would be very interesting to understand it better whatever I'm doing and figure it out yourself yes but I don't yeah I don't like I'm not saying I'm going to do anything close to that but it would just be interesting to learn about what's going on in the brain what are you looking forward to in your future what do you think it looks like I have no idea but Mm -hmm. I don't know I I'd be down to do tech or biotech or research and tech okay um it's more I'm more lenient towards research on the intersection and then just tech on the side mm-hmm. although that'll be a lot of work i will say <laughs> but i don't know honestly in the in the short term like i can just settle for tech but long term wise i have a lot of things in my head but i still haven't like consolidated them to like something right yeah as long as you're being independent you're doing what as long as, exactly <laughs> yes that's good well so do you um do you see yourself at some point living or working uh, in the African continent, it might be in Ethiopia or anywhere else, uh, where is Africa in your future? Um, definitely somewhere in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would want to work um, back home. Um, I guess I've always thought of just working on the educational sector, computationally, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of um, gap between the Western world and my country as of now, right. and I would say all of that um, gap is from our our people not being like being very behind educationally. There's like I would say fifty percent of Ethiopia is illiterate as mm-hmm. of now, and I guess decreasing that number. Um, I guess increasing, no, decreasing that number right, would right. definitely... Higher literacy. Exactly. Okay. Higher literacy would definitely be impactful in a lot of ways. Right. And that's one way I would want to work um, back home in the very, in the far future, but it's in the future regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Just health sectors need a lot of work as well. 
There's honestly, there's more to work on than, huh? You still have the dream to be a doctor? Not a doctor, but, you know, you could always be in in that area without being a doctor. Right. I don't necessarily, you know, I I wouldn't want to be doing surgery and stuff like that, but just there's always ways to impact that sector, Um, whether it's in research or just studying. Um, But, yeah. Um... There's a lot to work on back home, and I guess choosing one and just working on it would probably be what I'm going to do, but we'll see. Interesting. How much of uh, everything you've achieved in your life, yeah, from doing very well in primary school, uh, being very adventurous in high school, and having all these leadership experiences, and doing well in school, and obviously getting to Harvard, how much of all of that do you think is a result of your own efforts? versus the efforts of others on your behalf? Um, that's a good question. Let's see. Um, I would say my efforts were definitely influenced by others. Um, you know, there's always people to like, if I'm like on an 80%, there's always people to push me up to like a 90. And I would say that's very, you know, in terms of your performance, it's very impactful because you will know how much you can push yourself and how better you can do in terms of, um, you know, everything, honestly. And I'd say the people around me were definitely those people that were just nudging me to keep going forward and up into, like, whatever I'm doing, I can do better. Right. Um, But, yeah, and then just make wiser mistakes. Um, Yeah. Right. Do you look forward to... You talked about other people putting their efforts to maximize your efforts or to encourage your efforts. Mm -hmm. Do you look forward to doing the same for others? I hope to do that, yes. You being on this podcast is one of of the ways (laughs) you're doing that. Thank you. Thank you for hosting this podcast. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of My Young African Story. Let's meet again on the next one. I'm your host, Tino from Zimbabwe.